Hello, and welcome to the LYF podcast. This podcast is provided to you by the Love Yourself Foundation, which is an organization here spreading the message of love and more specifically self-love and the powerful ripple effect that has not only in building a better relationship with yourself, but also with your community and with our beautiful planet. We're here to tell you that we're all one. All living beings are connected to each other, to the universe. So we're going to be talking about important topics like mental health, environmental issues, and tying it all back into the self and ways that you can not only empower your relationship with yourself, but also empower your relationship with your community and with our beautiful planet. So if you like what you hear, please hit subscribe. You can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at the LY Foundation. You can also check out our website at the lyfoundation.org. And we have a very special new addition to what we're doing. We now have a membership program called the Lifeline Membership Program, which offers support calls, group support calls, free admission to our events, workshops, specialized merch. So we also have special discounts going for students, teachers, frontline workers. So if you want to hear more about this, please go to our website at the LY Foundation slash membership for more info. Thanks for tuning in. Hello and welcome to The Conversation, an LYF podcast series where we provide our insight, thoughts, and experiences on self-love exploration. My name is Ayla, Growth and Development Coordinator from the Love Yourself Foundation. And my name is JR, Technology Coordinator and Board Member of the Love Yourself Foundation. How are we doing today? Doing better. I will say that. Yeah, everything seems to be pretty good. This morning was good for me. I took care of some errands and had a cup of coffee. My, my, my. And I'm feeling good for once. I'm feeling better too. I have some plans, moving some things in motion, and it actually inspired today's episode, which is going to be connecting back to our roots and exploring self-worth. How do you feel about that? I think that is something we definitely need to talk about because as people have been listening to the past couple episodes, things haven't been really panning out for the both of us uh, the way we would hope. And we're trying our best to do what we can for one another. And I think figuring out things about your self-worth can definitely help and not hurt the situation. So I'm excited for today's episode. Definitely. Let's get started. In looking up what I'm going to talk about for today's episode, I didn't do too much research. I pulled a lot of it from what I learned in school and I'm really structuring it along how we feel about those things and how applicable we think they are in our life. And do you, have you had the infamous question of what is the meaning of life? Yes, I have. And it is definitely a question that I have not been able to answer. So. <laughs> well, some psychologists actually believe the meaning of life is to find self-acceptance, which is something that I haven't thought about ever. I think usually people say, oh, to reproduce or to find happiness. or But to mm-hmm. think about like your whole goal in the period of your life is to achieve your self-acceptance. It gives me a new frame of mind. Yeah, we talk about our thoughts and experiences with self-love exploration, right? And the most important word there is self. I think that over the years, decades, however long you want to frame it, we've always been more focused on other people versus ourselves. And I think this idea of self-acceptance is so important because this is what we do. This is what we talk about all the time. It's about you. And the more you put an emphasis on yourself, I think the better you can become throughout your whole 
life. I know in the past when I've rated my values and gone on to look at what I prioritize the most, a lot of times self-love would come above self-acceptance. But I think that if you really dig deep into what each mean, you can't really love yourself until you learn to accept yourself. And it's not necessarily something that's profound, but I've always approached it as in society as well. What are the practices we can do for self-love mm-hmm. instead of how do we learn to accept ourselves for who we are and then learn to love that? So you would say that self-acceptance and self-love are synonymous or not synonymous with one another? I think that they're steps. Got it. So I think you have to accept who you are to be able to truly love yourself. Otherwise, you're just loving parts of yourself. You're just loving like who you are at work or who you are in these different scenarios. Mm -hmm. But you can't really reach that ultimate self-love and and eventually self-actualization without accepting who you are truly in all scenarios. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I'm glad that you broke that down because as I am still learning about these different steps, these different practices, these different terms, I always assume that they are interchangeable, but Mm -hmm. in reality, they're not. They're their own separate thing. Definitely here to learn as much as possible and have been learning throughout this entire show. I'm excited to get into it. Yeah. One of my notes I wanted to talk about was if you look at our entire life being dedicated to finding self-acceptance, and that's the premise of what we're going to theorize today, I guess. You think about how much of our life we spend battling trying to figure out who we are. Like once we become a teenager, we're constantly comparing ourselves and we're like, am I how am I different? How am I the same? I don't want to be different. And as we get older, we further define like, what career do I want to go into? What am I good at? How do I figure out who I am, what my purpose is? Mm -hmm. And we spend a lot of our life doing that. And I think in turn, also battling against that, which is something I wanted to talk about with you, because I think that often we spend a lot of times trying to make ourselves who people want us to be and conflicting with who we actually are. A hundred percent. I hundred percent agree with you. And it's still something that I struggle with in my life, even though everything with the show, the conversations that I have with other people in this space would tell me to not think that way anymore but it's so difficult not to Mm -hmm. compare yourself to others not to compare yourself to different stages in your life or where you think you should be depending on what other people see within you right it's definitely hard the comparisons happen all the time and I think if you can get to a certain point in your life where those comparisons stop and you just say, no, this is who I am, this is what I want to do, and then that's it, I I think that just frees you up to better experiences down the road. Yes. It's funny that you mentioned that because the three categories I want to talk about today are self-image, so how we think of ourselves, self-esteem, how worthy we hold ourselves to, and then our ideal self. And under self-image, I put, it's almost like I knew you were going to bring this up. Can we truly not care about other people's opinions? Uh And this is something that I have always battled with because, and I've mentioned before, and my sister actually, it's one of her favorite things about me, is that I am in a really solid place when it comes to validating my difference Mm -hmm. and being totally okay with that and not feeling any sort of 
embarrassment for it. I truly don't like nothing, no anxiety, no guilt or anything when it comes to being different. And, and I don't say that I say that in like, I still listen to kids music sometimes. I'll listen to the high school musical soundtrack and bump that. And, and just different things that people wouldn't necessarily celebrate is the word I'm looking for. I lean into and I know despite that and despite the worth that that provides me personally, like how I see my own worth, I do still compare myself. And I still care about others' opinions. And even though I have that reflection of I'm confident and will be who I am and hope that other people accept me that way, like those thoughts of comparison don't leave, which I think is interesting. Yeah. And I also struggle with this quite a bit still. I feel like I've grown into the person that I've always wanted to be, but there are still things that creep up that the self-image of what people see me as ends up hindering that progress, I guess you could say. I still care about what people say about me, I, I, the way that I look or the way that I dress, the way that I act around other people. Because there's multiple times, if I'm around really close friends, I can be who I am. We joke around, act silly, whatever the case may be. Like me being a clown, is that's where my happy space is. And that's where I want to be all the time because I, I just like making people laugh, even if it's at the uh, <clears throat> expense of myself. But we don't have to go into that right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but when it comes to being around other people or being out, let's just say going out downtown or something like that, there are times where I hold myself back with saying a funny joke or acting a certain way because I'm afraid of what people will think of me. But really, deep down inside, I'm, I'm a silly person. So it does suck that I put this filter on myself of not being who I want to be because I didn't have a problem with that when I was in elementary school, middle school, high school. I just was who I was and everybody just accepted it. Now being an adult, and I think that being in the career that I was and it being professional and all that kind of stops me from doing that because there is a quote unquote time and place for all yeah. that. But yeah, self-image is definitely something that is something that holds me back from being who I want to be. And there actually is a correct answer to this question. And it may be not what you think, but the answer is no, we can't not care. And this is because of connectedness. So a couple episodes ago, I talked about balancing between the id, the ego, and the superego. Basically, mm -hmm. what we would do if there was no rules, acknowledging there is rules and trying to balance both of them. This happens with connectedness as well. So it's who we are and we really want to be who we are and like live true to ourselves. But we also want to feel connected to others. Mm -hmm. And it's a balancing act because you don't want to feel so connected to others. And I think this is where you fall short is that you want to feel so connected to others that you sacrifice like your authenticity of yourself. Correct. Like you lean that way. And if you lean too much into who you are, you don't become connected with other people because you tend to value yourself more than valuing others. Mm -hmm. So it's a real balance act of saying how much of myself do I sacrifice in these moments? How do I like continue to be authentic to myself without sacrificing the connectedness? And it's hard because it's something that's so personal to you and how you perceive what your authentic self is like and right. how 
being connected to others looks for you. But it's something that people can't say, oh, I don't care about being connected to others. And that's, it's impossible because of how humans are social creatures. We automatically look at what others like us are doing and what people are doing different and what people our age are doing and where we're supposed to be at this time. It's just natural too. And for me, that's, I think where I see the conflict is because I am very much like, indulged in my self-image and knowing like I'm confident in who I am and I like to enjoy the things I like to enjoy but how much do I sacrifice feeling connected to other people because I'm like spending so much time like trying to build that part of myself kind of thing so it's really interesting to think about in terms of self-image any other thoughts about that yeah, pretty much nailed it on the head where it is a balancing act. I envy people like yourself and, and people that I'm around that are comfortable with their self-image and have that I don't care what other people think mentality and just yeah. they are who they are. But there is that part where it's, yeah, I do believe that. But at the same time, I don't want to be alienating others just because this is who I am because exactly. we are those social creatures. As much as I'm envious of that, I am now more aware that it is a balancing act. And yeah, it's, it, it's definitely tough to try to figure out what that balance is. Definitely. When it comes to self-image, a lot of things go into that. And it's, it's really interesting because you are the only person who knows the full story of your life. You could try to explain it, but you're the only one that has experienced it and felt those emotions and know all the details of everything. When you mentioned that, like the first thing that comes into my head is, yeah, we're the authors of our lives. I know what my life is and where it's at. Does anybody else really care where maybe the certain parts of your life people care about, but the other person on the other end has their own life too. So everybody's more focused on what their life is that doesn't really matter what other people think think or care about that's what goes through my head when I hear mm. that interesting yeah for me it's like when you ask someone for advice you're getting advice from their lived experiences and not from your entirety mm -hmm. so they don't know all the things that you've been through all the things that you've gone through even if there's someone you've known forever and knows like you think they know everything about you they haven't lived those experiences and they don't know the, everything that's ever happened. And because of that, um, your self-image is one of the most important things because it's how you feel about yourself. And when it's when you take time to look at it, and I want to bring up some kind of journal prompts from when I was working on self-image and the worth that I attached to myself. And this is something that you, JR, or you listening could do to really dive into where your self-worth comes from. Mm -hmm. It's three sort of questions that you dive into. And obviously on the show, we'll talk about it in more broad terms and not necessarily as specific to us. Right. But the first thing is who makes us feel that way? And so what I mean by that is when we're looking at our self-image and why we like certain parts of ourself and don't like certain parts of ourself, who in our life has made us in turn feel that way? So maybe I don't really like who I am in this certain area, or I feel not as confident and I wish I was better at this certain thing. And I can look back at my life and be like, where did that first come from? Like, where did that insecurity or that like disappointment in myself come from? And you can pinpoint a person actually. And this is where it becomes really important to the people that you surround yourself with and who you tell what, because often 
things people say to us will become recorded in our brain and it'll be things we start telling ourselves. So if you have a friend that's, or oftentimes it's people's parents actually, because you spend so much of your life with them where they kind of mold you to think this certain thing. And even if that's not your initial belief, because we want to compare ourselves to others and we want to feel connected, we start to doubt ourselves and think, are they right? Like mm-hmm. maybe, and it that memory starts to change for us and we associate something they said with every outcome in the future. And you can find this with good things and bad things. Oftentimes, especially when people are like, what is your favorite physical trait about yourself? Mm-hmm. People often will name whatever they're complimented for the most because it's associated with the most positive memories for them. Wow. When you were just, when you were going over that, I was going in my mind in the past of things that had happened and the things of how I was feeling in certain situations. And I could pick out specific people who are friends, past relationships, my parents. And it's trippy to to think that there is an attachment to those experiences mm-hmm. with particular individuals. Yeah, I'm definitely a, a believer with that. And it's not necessarily, at least in my mind, wouldn't say that they were the direct reasons why certain things were happening but but it didn't fix right that problem (laughs) kind of thing working around it that way i know for me it's a lot of times exes will say things to me and that'll turn into what i attach my value to and in the future i'll always have that attachment even though it was just a relationship so long ago and they probably didn't think anything of it but it's really interesting to think about how people could say things. And it also makes me think about how I'm communicating with people and supporting them and how much value that can hold without you even realizing it. Oh, yeah. And just you mentioning that about relationships. I know know we talked about this before, but there were certain relationships that I was in where I did not have that self-worth or have a good self-image, at least, because I would lose myself in those relationships and only do the things that would make the other person happy. So that's when I was like, oh, of course, there's the insecurity. There's the part of me that doesn't find that value because I lost that during those relationships. And probably speaks to why I'm still single at this point, because I've worked so hard to get me to a certain point in my life where I feel accepted, where I feel love for myself, that there is a little bit of that fear or insecurity of going back into another relationship and thinking that's going to be going away. It all takes time. It all it takes effort and put in the work to work through those things. But yeah, it's, it's just it's wild to know that there are people in your life that have a correlation to those moments. An example that I can put here is it's super random, but it's applicable. I am someone that whenever someone's like, should I cut my hair? Should I dye my hair? Should I blah, 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 blah. Or they're saying like, I really want to dye it this color. Should I do it or no? I'm always someone that says yes. Even if I think that it wouldn't look good or I'm not a fan of it. If I know that it's something that's going to make them happy and something they want to do, I say yes. And this is because oftentimes, and I've seen this a lot, especially when I was in high school, people would be like, oh my God, why would you want to dye your hair purple? That's so ugly. Why would you do that? And to them, dyeing their hair purple was equivalent to who they felt they were and their self-worth. And you're telling them that who they feel they are is ugly. And, and even though you're not thinking about it and you think you're doing them a favor and you think that you're saving them to look better for themselves and whatever, it hinders their self image because next time they're going to be like, I don't know if I can trust what I want because 
in the past, people have disagreed with me. Mm. And this was something that happened a lot to me when I, I used to have super blonde hair and I wanted to dye my hair black. And I asked a bunch of friends about it and all of them were like, oh my gosh, no, why would you do that? You won't look good with black hair. You have blonde hair right now. Why would you go so far in the spectrum? Why would you completely switch it? It wouldn't fit your facial structure. It wouldn't look good with your eyes, all the things. Mm. And I was like, well, dang. (laughs) (laughs) Like I was just asking a question and you tore me apart. Right. Um, Okay. The power Um, of opinion. Yeah. And I dyed my hair anyway, because like I said, I lean into who I am and I trust myself and I love it and I prefer it to anything else. But I know that if I would have kept my hair and even now when I don't have black hair and I'm dying it next week, actually, I don't feel authentic to my true self. And that is a hindrance in so many other areas of life where people have their self-esteem, their self-worth and their connection to other people because they'll feel like nobody's in their corner if you're constantly like going against them. Even if it's in something as small as, should I get bangs? That is super relatable. I've experienced that multiple times. Personally, I think that I ask for too many people's opinions on things to the point where I don't even make up my mind anymore, where other people are making up my mind. As much as I am confident in myself to do the right things for me, I tend to ask a lot of people that ends up swaying my decision-making, which is not a a positive thing, obviously. So I think that is something that needs to be worked on more and me to understand. I'm making these decisions for me in my life and the things that I want. I appreciate other people's opinions. I appreciate other people's input, but ultimately it, it has to be your decision to make for you. And I think that's important. I'm glad you brought that up. And I think equally as important is having people around you that support you in any form. Could you imagine? I think it's such a better scenario for someone to dye their hair the color that they wanted. And maybe they don't like it, but they know that the people around them support them and want what's best for them. And whether that's getting a new job or changing something physical about themselves or starting a new hobby or buying new clothes, anything that has to do with something that's personal to you. I think that a big part of self-worth also extends to how do you treat others Mm -hmm. and the validity you have in yourself can extend to helping other people have that value as well. Yeah. I love that you phrase it that way. And it is true. It's providing that support, that ideal of treating other people well and just being supportive of what other people's decisions are and i think that not only does it help that particular person believe in themselves do the things that they want to do and feel comfortable with making those decisions it also helps you out too because in, in a weird way you're showing yourself your the ability to support others and it just it, it helps mm-hmm. you love yourself even more yeah so all around be nice to others <laughs> yeah moral of the um, story Kind of connects to self-esteem here. I wanted to talk about conditional regard. And of course, I'll explain what that means. But when it comes to self-esteem, a big part of it comes from, are we receiving more positive or negative intake? This is not necessarily from other people, but it could Mm -hmm. be from experiences we're having. So are we, um, is there, I guess if you were putting it on a scale of all your experiences, 
are more good things happening during your day that make you feel good about yourself or more negative things? So are you, if you spend half your day at work and at work, your boss is slandering you, kind of an influence of what's happening to me right now, you're going to have a lot of negative things and then you're going to have to spend the rest of your day outweighing with positive. And so with self-esteem, you want to look at, first of all, how much is being intaken from each category and how you can combat that. I feel like a lot of times we talk about what we can do as individuals with the things that happen to us. And I think that as I talk about, I think with every category, the first thing you can do is be aware. And if you are aware of where those negative associations are coming from, you can find direct changes that would fix the problem. Is a lot of your negative experiences coming from opinions from people that maybe you don't need to share as much with them? Or maybe there's something about yourself physically that you don't like. Is there anything you can adjust? Or do you not like your job? Can you adjust? I think starting there helps you really evaluate how do I feel good about myself and in turn increase my self-worth to become at a place that even if negative things happen, I know that doesn't mean that I'm any less worthy of happiness. Yeah. I That question, are we receiving positive or negative intake? It's something that I think can attribute to obviously your environment, where you're at with your mental health, the people that you're around definitely attribute to that, but more so how you are seeing your days, right? How you are viewing the atmosphere around you or how you feel about yourself too. Mm -hmm. Um, I will say in the past couple months, it's been more negative than it is positive. I think that dealing with depression does not help you see the positive in things. The days have just been more negative, more sluggish, just no motivation to do much of anything. And it's tough. You never want to be in that state of mind. You never want to be in that position. But what's important, I think that, and of course, it's easy to think of the negative and it's hard to break that way of thinking. There, I do believe there is a positive in everything that happens every day, that if you were to pinpoint those more often, the better off you are with your self-esteem. Because there's always going to be positives and negatives throughout the day. There's always going to be issues that you have to deal with. It's not as if the entire day is bad. That if there's a way to think more about those positive instances, the better off that you are mentally. Definitely. And that kind of connects to the kind of final thing I want to talk about today, which is our actual self and our ideal self. And I I feel like I've talked about this in a past episode before. I have no idea which one we've. I feel like we've done so many, but I wanted to talk about today what creates our ideal self and explore that with you because for me, I feel like it changes so often and that a lot of my ideal self is influenced by what is happening with other people, Mm. if that makes sense. Yes. Psychology says whenever we are acting outside of our ideal self even if we step away from like why do we choose what our ideal self is if we just look at what our ideal self is and who we are right now psychology says that whatever actions we're doing are done because of a value to ourself and i wanted to bring you know we always bring up going to the gym have to bring it in here (laughs) that's our calling card now (laughs) if we don't value going to the gym no matter how much we associate that with our ideal self. I swear every time I'm like, my best version of myself would be going to the gym. And I think that's the truth. 
my actions show that isn't really a true value to me. Yeah. And and maybe it's not going to the gym, but it's actually just being physically healthy. When I thought about that, I was like, what other goals do I have or habits that I want to start or things I want to do that aren't clicking for me for some reason? And is it because it's not really my value? It's really society's value. I... <sighs> Just that phrase alone, society's value, plays so much into what it is that we want to do. Just like you said, it are we doing it for ourselves or are we doing it because other people tell us that this is how it should be done? That, again, when we're going back to self-image, self-worth, all of that, that has its correlation too. And I know that we talk about it all the time about doing the things that make you happy, doing the things that make you well or make you feel good all stems from what you see that as, not what a friend thinks or what a family member thinks or what society in general believes is. If that doesn't work for you, that's okay. You need to figure out what it is for yourself that works because, again, everybody is different. Sure, we might have similarities, but everybody's journey is different. Every single person operates a different way and what works for them might not work for you. And that is okay. And, and accepting that I think is one of the bigger hurdles to get over. Definitely. And honestly, something I would recommend and something even I want to do that I'll probably schedule some time for is I'll, I'll do some steps here. This is everyone that's listening assignment. So this is a new first. Ayla's assignments. Here we go. <laughs> but so what you're going to do is you're going to use your favorite search engine. I don't care if it's Bing or Google or whatever. And you're going to search for a value list and it's 125 value list or something like that. Something to that equivalent. And you're going to find the list and it's going to be a PDF and you're going to either print it out or write down all the values and you're going to organize them from most important to least important. It's very difficult because you realize, oh, I feel like all of these things are important to you. Just because something is the least important thing doesn't mean it's not important. It just means that there's other things that come first. Yeah. And you're going to specifically look at your top five values after you do that. And what you're going to do is look at your goals. If you don't have any goals right now, that's okay. You can start today. And just think about what do I see as my ideal self? And where do I really find the meaning and things that I want change that will lead to happiness? And that part's key because you want it to be things that will increase your happiness, even if it's little things. And you're going to write down those goals and you're going to make sure they correlate with your values. Like I said, for so long, I know people that are like, oh, my goal is to go to the gym, but it's not working. And I'm people. <laughs> <laughs> and when I look at my values, how can I reconstruct that goal to better reflect my values so I find meaning in it in a way that is already special to me? Like my why is very specific. And off the top of my head, one of my values is growth. It's one of my top five for sure. Mm -hmm. And so if I'm looking at how I can grow as a person, physical health, I have to think about where I am and where I can continue to be better. And so maybe my goal doesn't have to be, I want to go to the gym, but instead my goal is I want to start taking vitamins or I want to go on a walk every day, or I want to do five push-ups in the morning or whatever it's going to be. But those things are directly correlated to my goal of 
growth Mm -hmm. or whatever it is of your values and how you order that. And it also can help you create goals as well and find more worth in your life and in yourself because you can look at what matters to you and be like, wow, I didn't realize this was so important to me. And I really haven't been looking at that area of my life. How can I start using that and trying to work towards that every day? And that's something that will help you achieve your goals a lot easier because you're already finding meaning in things in a way that's connected to you and not just because society is telling you to go to the gym. I love that. The idea of you just find the correlations between what it is to, as your example, just to be healthy. And as we mention all the time, the way they frame things, the way that you look at things in a more positive light, that attributes to that. Whereas the word gym puts a stop. We and, hate the and, word gym. Yeah, <laughs> uh, shout outs to those with the name Jim, J-I-M. I'm, I'm sorry. We're not talking about that. We're talking about G-Y-M. Okay. That it puts that stop in progress or in that growth because yeah. we uh, assimilate the word gym with activities that we don't necessarily like. Like, do I like going into a crowded gym? No, I don't. Do I like waiting for weights or or machines to open up because it's so packed? No, I don't. Do I like waking up early because no. I know that's a time when there is. I didn't be- even need to hear the rest. I just, I just sorry. No. Just, just, sorry. just no. You like <laughs> like waking up early? No. No. But if we change that around and say, okay, I just want to be healthy. What is it that I can do that can provide that? Mm-hmm. walking for me golfing and, and actually walking yeah. a course and not being in a, in a golf cart there are things that will trigger my mind of oh yeah that's actually fun and i think that it's not necessarily tricking your mind into thinking other things are, are going to be good for you it's just realizing within yourself no these are the things that i like to do mm-hmm. there is a healthy avenue in those things let me just do that because you're already doing the thing that you love to do so whether that's being healthy, whether that's your personal growth, whether that's creating better, healthier relationships with other people, there are things in those facets that you can end up figuring out what is part of your goals um, that can actually help you out, that will lead you to that happiness, that will show you that self-worth. And I, I think that's amazing that you brought that up. And I think that I feel like the gym is just the easiest one because it's so like the real reason we talk about it so much is because it's something that occurs to everyone at some right. point. But Shout out to those that can actually go to the gym. And I think saying my goal is to go to the gym is really strange because like I can go to the gym, but that doesn't mean that I'm having a good workout. That doesn't mean that I'm thoroughly doing whatever my goal is. It just means that I I went to the gym. And so restructuring your goal to, I want to be physically healthy, or I want to lose weight, or I want to build muscle, maybe going to the gym, something that'll help you achieve that. But going to the gym isn't the goal. And it allows you more wiggle room to work on yourself without feeling like you have to do something specifically to get there. Um, I think that's why I find it meaningful. Yeah. This also just brings up one of our other members of LYF, Rachel, shout out Rachel. She actually listens to the show quite often. She does weightlifting and I see the things that she does and the progress that she's making for her body and her, I'm pretty sure her mind as well, that the location of the gym that she goes to isn't really the, and I'm speaking for her, I would love to have her on the show, maybe talk about more about this. It's not the location of where the gym is at. It's what's, what the value of what the gym provides is what brings her joy or happiness it's the people that she works out with 
It's the progress that she sees in her body. Those are the attributes that make her go to the gym. And it's Mm -hmm. not necessarily the gym itself. Yeah. I also would love to have her on. So if you're listening to this, Rachel, let us know. We can have someone that actually does go to the gym for once. Yeah, no, I feel bad. We're just... (laughs) We're slandering. (laughs) (laughs) But it is true when you look at like why people are able to achieve things. It's because they're finding things that make it meaningful to them and reconstructing it in a way that matters. The last thing I really wanted to touch on today is something called positive regard, conditional or unconditional. And basically it says that the only way we can achieve self-actualization, so our best self, is through unconditional positive regard. So that means that we are loved and appreciated by others unconditionally. And that's something that's really interesting to me because obviously there's other things that go into it, but you can't truly be your best self if you're always feeling like you have to do some sort of condition to feel loved. And oftentimes people will see like that their parents hopefully have unconditional love for them, but oftentimes they only feel that positive regard. So those compliments, that appreciation when certain things happen. So when they have a good career, when they're making a certain amount of money, when they are in a relationship or when they're doing X, Y, Z, those are the only times they get compliments, only the times that they're recognized. So their self-esteem is attached to what they're doing instead of who they are. How do you feel about that, JR? I'm just going through looking at myself and and I tend to understand how that all works. I'm confident in myself and, and knowing that the love that I receive is unconditional. I think back in the day, I would do certain things in order to gain that love, that trust, that sense of belonging, because I was doing something for other people. And that obviously is not the the best way to look at things. Whereas now, I like to see myself as, as very selfless. I do things to help others. I am available if anybody wants to talk about anything. I support people the best that I can without the intention of this is going to benefit me in the long run. I do it because I love to do it. I I am available and always there for people because I want to be that a lot of the love that I receive compliment, whatever it may be is unconditional. And I, I think that compared to the past is a lot more meaningful to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's something that's really interesting because for me, for so long, I would set forth on like certain achievements specifically so I could get the recognition. And that's where I put my worth in to the things that I was doing. And once I finally turned that mentality in my own brain and saying I should be valued unconditionally and that my value shouldn't be placed on how well I'm doing in school or what career I'm in, but I should be around people that support me for me as a human being. That's when I was able to really move forward and live my life in a way that is authentic to myself and acknowledge that if people don't have that unconditional um, support for me, then I don't want them to be in my life because they're only there because of some sort of conditional response. Does that make sense? Yeah. A hundred percent. And that part too is definitely a difficult one of 
letting go of those things, letting go of those people that don't provide that happiness, don't provide that support. It's definitely a difficult thing to do, but seems to be more than not necessary for your personal growth, for your self-worth, because it's not attributing anything positive for you. And one of those things is this conditional, unconditional, positive regard of you want those people that are around you to be genuine and mm -hmm. you don't want to be having or forcing yourself to do certain things in order to achieve that. I think that this is, this part has been amazing just because it's just so true. Yeah. And I think that's almost about how much time we have for today. I know we have our best part of the episode, our quotes of the day, which we yeah. haven't repeated any yet. And I'm very surprised by that. I know. I know. <laughs> I, I, hopefully whoever's taking inventory of these episodes, if we have, let us know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I would be interested. I don't yeah. think so though. Do you want to start? Yeah, I'll go ahead. My quote for today is life is a succession of lessons, which must be lived to be understood by Helen Keller. Interesting. Mm -hmm. And as I'm reading this, I'm like, did Ayla say this one already? I don't think so. Did I say Helen? <laughs> We're Keller good. Quote? I like that. And it, it continues the notion of finding your self-acceptance of where you are in each stage of your life and taking each lesson as an opportunity. Yeah, it's really nice. And I like this because it just serendipitously has melded into this type of episode and what you were talking about of you being your own author, you having your own life, all the lessons that you learned, that you've lived through is your own. It's so personal that life is a succession of lessons which must be lived to be understood. It really is. You have to live that life to understand everything that is in your life. So I think that's good. Yeah. Yeah. I have two really good ones for today. So I'm sad for me to have to choose, but um, <laughs> the one I'm going to go with is until you value yourself, you won't value your time. And until you value your time, you will not do anything with it from Scott Peck. Damn. And I'm like, maybe that's why it's so hard to achieve my goals because I'm <laughs> not, not properly valuing myself and I can't value my time because of that. I think that's a, some it's a problem a lot of people have when they're looking at what to do with their time and why they're not productive. It's because they're not valuing it. Yeah, I agree. I, I like that quote a lot. And it shows that correlation between your self-worth, your self-love and, and the time that you're putting in for that. If you're not putting in the time, then of course, you're not going to see it. Mm -hmm. So utilizing your time throughout your day to figure out what is good for you is only going to benefit you going forward. And okay. I think that's great. Yeah. And as a final kind of hurrah for the episode, JR doesn't even know this is Okay. Another <laughs> um, surprise. Here we go. Both JR and I are going to say one takeaway that we got from today's episode. And do you want me to go first, JR? Yes, please. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. As I'm, I'm, I'm scrolling through my notes, I'm like, okay. For me, I think the biggest takeaway is that in order to build your self-worth and to really have that, you have to look at the reason why you don't feel as connected to your goals or maybe why you feel negative about certain parts of yourself in the first place. So if it comes down to looking at 
what caused you to feel that way, what events in the past or what people caused you to feel that way. And how can you align your goals more with your values now to build that self-esteem? I think that's the biggest takeaway from the episode that I would like you to have. And I think piggybacking off of that, my takeaway from this is literally that your life is your self-acceptance and all those aspects that come into the self-acceptance, whether it's self-image, self-worth, self-esteem, your ideal self, seeing those values and those goals that you that will bring you happiness, it all stems from that acceptance of yourself. Accept yourself and you will have, to me, a better life. Beautifully said. Thanks. Appreciate that. Not bad for going through the notes again. <laughs> <laughs> and with that is the end of another episode, a great one as well. But we want to hear from you. Leave us a comment on Instagram or Twitter at the LY Foundation or on Facebook, facebook.com slash the LY Foundation. Let us know what you thought about today's episode and what self-acceptance means to you. Also, please leave us a review of the LYF podcast. That way we can continue to produce more content and grow the show. Thanks for listening to the conversation. And until next time, love yourself, love one another and love this planet we call home.